gas. It's Nasri. Can he go all the way here? Still Nasri. Looks for a shot Alright, we're back. Transatlantic Arsenal. I'm Liam. And I'm Mike. And we've just drawn 2-2 with... Have we drawn 2-2 with? Palace. Crystal Palace. There we go. Um, it was pretty disappointing. We went 2-0 up. Both of our centre-backs scored. 2-0 uh, up. Had a third chance early on. Lacazette. Um, Mike, you got a comment on that, right? Yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, summarising the game is like we went 2-0 up early um, from two set pieces. Uh, and then Lacazette nearly scored. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I wonder if he'd scored, whether we could screw it up but from 3-0. But uh, from 2-0, I don't know, Liam, you can tell me what you thought, but I still at 2-0 after 13 minutes or whatever it was, I just never think we're going to win. I mean, I think we could, but... I was just wondering how we were going to mess it up and we managed to do it. So Yeah, so you say you didn't think we were going to win and we thought we could. I, I feel like I'm right there with you. Only difference being I was wondering how we were going to win only scoring two goals or at least scoring two goals before they get uh, they pull one back because we've seen this so much recently, right? You get two goals or you have a good start, you get one or two ahead, and then we just coast for some reason. Um, but kind of following along with you there at two nil, I was like, you know, we get the two goals and then we just have 10, 10 minutes afterwards. We do absolutely nothing. And you start to wonder, is this happening again? And sure enough, uh, Zaha gets a penalty and then, uh, Mili Jovic puts it away two one halftime. And then second half, they score off a, Across, and you got to wonder who's marking where and who or how they get that ball in. But um, you know, just just kind of finishing the summary, it ends two two. And uh, you mentioned it; it's kind of weird because there's a lot going on. Obviously, we've got a lot to talk about, and not much of it has to do with the performance, really, right? Well, absolutely, yeah, it's just incidents and. Um, and I will say this too: even though you know we did have that goal disallowed. Um, I still, honestly thought we were lucky to get the result at 2-2. I mean, they, they they just look dangerous every single time they go forward. And that's not just Palace. It's every single team that have got guys that can take people on. Yeah, so obviously against. missed that one there. I was thinking of all the storylines. We did have a goal disallowed. Now, that was pretty big. Um, it was pretty harsh, in my opinion. I, I just... Well, does anybody... Do you know officially what it was for? Because I thought it might have been because... It may have hit Chambers' hand when it went across the first time, but some people were saying foul by Chambers, which I still don't think VAR actually even looks at, does it? I think they look at pretty much anything in the immediate build-up. I could be wrong. Well, I, I thought he got fouled, if anything, and I'm not saying that he didn't get fouled. I'm not saying he got fouled. I'm not saying he committed a foul. Ball was just, you know, legs were just entangled, but nobody was swinging. Everyone's legs were sort of stationary, trying to not even kick at the ball, but like pull the ball, you know. It looked like he was trying to sort of wedge the ball, and so was the other guy. They were both standing, the ball sort of trapped, and then it released, and they both kind of fell over. So, yeah, you know. it, I don't know. I Like I said, I try and look at it from if I was a Tottenham fan or just a different perspective, not an Arsenal fan's perspective. And for any mean, American... Like if, you have a, if you didn't have a brain... Because it's hard to look at from that perspective. Yeah, but any American fans out there, it, it was kind of just like you know, watching American football, and it's a call. It, you almost want it. It was just a stand kind of situation. If anything, I, I don't know how they would reverse that and say it wasn't a goal, but you almost expect just like leave it alone is what it was called. So I thought that was harsh, and I thought that they did get a penalty. So they are one for one on or one for two on VAR. But the second one was pretty bad, in my opinion. And I think that's definitely worth talking about. But we kind of said enough on that, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a draw. At the end of the day, why, why does it come down to that? Well, we're 2-0 up in 13 minutes at home against a team we should be beating. 
and uh, we do everything in our power to put ourselves in trouble and we we succeed so yeah, yeah i mean i yeah I, I i'm not look you know we've had a pretty bad sporting weekend as a family uh, Oklahoma lost for anybody that's got any interest in that, but uh, we're pretty down in the dumps about that. And uh, it would have been nice today just to see us go out there and take that team apart four, four, three or four nil and just be solid. And, you know, the same things we look at, you know, in, in that realm of, um, I know it's college football, but, you know, looking at our team being solid and being able to defend and all the same old failings came back yesterday. Uh, same thing today, you know, we're two nil up. We should be able to beat that team at two nil up. And, just everything that we we fear and we don't like about Arsenal right now as fans uh, came to fruition. And it's just frustrating. Yeah, so speaking of everything we don't like about Arsenal, it's kind of over the last decade, it's really been mentality. Um, Emery came in, you and I <laughs> looking pretty bad at this moment, but we were fans. We were fans of what he was doing. We thought mentality was starting to change uh last couple weeks it's just been mind-boggling and oh, i guess the last week or so well hold on now we, we can't say last couple of weeks i mean really liam i know we, we were supposedly in fifth which i'm sure we're not now but i mean has there been anything good this season that that you can say that has been not so much just results because i know we've got some results we've got some decent results but is there anything this entire season that's been consistent other than us winning in the Europa League, which, again, we managed to scrape it up. We, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that game too, but I didn't see one kick of that game, so I can't really comment. But, um, no, I, I, I sort of disagree. I, I don't think it's been the last two weeks. I mean, there, there's two, you know, in the Premier League, two horrendous results in the last two weeks. But what I see is everything leading up to it has shown me that that's what was going to happen. And I, I hate to say that, but... You can look at anything I've written and said in the last, you know, this entire season, and I'll go back to one thing, and I don't want to harp on about it, but I've got to say it. My definition of Emery was going to be, what's he going to do with Xhaka? And what did he do? He made him captain. And then, you know, we're going to go on and talk about his performance and his attitude and his behavior. Um, and I just feel like, I think Emery's got a fighting chance, but if he does anything the rest of the season now, it's going to be by default, because I'm assuming... And I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, it's going to be very frustrated that Jack is going to face some sort of consequences for what he did today. And, uh, you know, if he does and he, he sits in for a few games, I think he's going on, isn't he going on a paternal paternity leave soon or something? I think that yeah, was supposed to be for the last international break, but I could be wrong. But anyways, to everyone listening, I, I mean, Mike, we're just going to get right into it. Mike's referencing uh, the Jack as substitution. And uh, I mean, if you're listening, you probably saw it. But if not, I go through it. Um, it was about 60th minute. Xhaka was subbed off for Bakaya Saka. Um, it was basically he turned, he saw the sideline, he saw his number, and he was pretty annoyed at that point. But I don't think any of the fans, or maybe a few, a very small percentage of the fans, were maybe cheering Saka on, or maybe they were cheering that Xhaka was coming off. Whatever it was, it wasn't a huge percentage of the fans. In my opinion, I've watched it back four or five times now. And it was at the point where he took the band off, the armband, the captain's armband, and kind of just tossed it to Aubameyang and trudged off slowly, uh, I guess to make a point of being annoyed that he was getting taken off, that the Arsenal fans really went in on him and started booing him because he's walking off and your team's 2-2 with the Crystal Palace team at home that you were up 2-0 and rightly annoyed, in my opinion. I know I've seen a few people on Twitter say uh, we should never boo on player. And, I, I mean, I, I'll touch on that. I, I agree there. But I think tensions are high. And if you are the club captain at that point, you, you probably need to get off the field about as quick as possible and conserve time. Anyways, what ends up happening is um, he walks off the field the fans boo him and then he kind of jeers them on like saying, oh yeah, boo me, boo me. And then he uses a, a few expletives and towards our fans, towards the crowd. And I uh, think he, cut, he cupped his hand around his ear too. Immediately yeah. took his shirt off as soon as he crossed the sideline. And it and immediately he, took it. He a sh yeah, he didn't throw it, but he, he just wrapped it up and then walked straight down the tunnel. Yeah, took his shirt off, wrapped it up and walked straight down the tunnel, pretty much ignored Emery. Uh, 
one of the strangest moments, probably up there with, I mean, given the title race, but up there with a, a Gowis kind of captain's incident. It was very weird thing to see. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, honestly, I'm, you know, you can make whatever reference you want. I'm going to call it, you know, the king without any clothes. I mean, I think the guy's being found out. I think he, he is shouldn't be in the team. I think he he is somehow managed to get his way in the team and we've had the discussions before and you know we're Arsenal fans right we we love the players and I mean it's it's players on there that we really like there's players on there that we just kind of like and I think for me he's probably the only player I, I kind of dislike as a player but I'd still always you know cheer him on and I, and that's because of attitude but the players that we like voted him as a captain and we don't want to lose that that point you know because for people that we think we you know, think we know everything we don't but and so we acknowledge supposedly that I don't know how that vote came about, but supposedly his peers voted him in as captain. But I just don't think the guy has got he hasn't got the anything that that makes me think he should be our captain. Never mind, he didn't play for us. So uh, what do you think? I mean, am I wrong? Is that harsh or? Uh, I mean, we've gone over it, and you know, past couple of weeks you've gone on, and we it's been honestly probably the the one constant throughout this entire podcast. And I've always kind of wondered, is it just you and me and we feed off each other? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that everyone at this point is concerned with the way he's played and especially now uh, his actions. I mean, can you see him playing for us again? Well, you know, how are the fans supposed to react? Right, The guy's a captain, like you said. Right, they're walking off the field thing slowly. That's, the, that's kind of a, a just, just petulant because, you know, like you said, you've got... Like you're the captain, right? Your your number comes up. The team's just lost a two goal lead. You know what you do? You you give run across to Aubameyang, give him the armband. You run off the field. You applaud the crowd. If you want to be the captain, if you want, if you know that you've struggled with your form and you're trying to get people on your side and and you care anything about what the fans think, and you know what? At the end of the day, we pay the bills, right? So we pay his wages as fans. I mean, not not just the ones in the stadium, but everybody's tuning in. So, you know, you do that. Okay? That's something you do to, to say, look, this club is not all about me. I don't necessarily agree with the substitution. Sure, I'm going to say I'm, I'm upset about getting taken off, but but you do it like exactly what you said in a way that, that lets the fans know that you're more concerned about the, the team. So come out in the press afterwards and say, hey, you know, I, I was very disappointed to come off. I didn't think it was necessarily a game where, you know, it was anything to do with me that we, we would, but we weren't playing well, whatever. I don't know. That's kind of what you'd want from your captain. And what do we get? We got that. So if there's no consequence for that, I think, you know, honestly, Liam, I, it wouldn't surprise me that there isn't. It wouldn't surprise well, me if he lines up in the next game. That's if, where I was going with my question because I honestly, and I guess it goes to the next question is what's going on with Emery now? I know a lot of people are really upset. And the Gunner blog or Sploy saying that's got to be his last game. Um, let me ask you that first, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Emery. Jack or Emery? Well, well, no, I don't think you can blame Emery for Jack's behavior. But well, I, you, can blame, you can blame Emery. The last for, three results. Well, we won one. You mean yeah, the last three league games? Well, I mean, the last three games has been a dreadful yeah. week. No one can look. I, you didn't watch it, but it was pretty bad. And if Pepe didn't, didn't. come on and score two free kicks, it, we're going to lose 2 1 to Vittoria. I mean, it's yeah, been I'd, bad for a week now. And that's kind of what I was referencing earlier, but I get your point. Yeah, I, you know, I think... So, Xhaka didn't even play in that game, so obviously he's not the common denominator. So, must, maybe it's the manager. But I think, I think the Europa League, honestly, I kind of would like to take it out and separate it. And, and the reason I would is because I think that it, it also gives... It could give you a false perspective on Emery because we've won 3 million... Is it... Uh, in Cologne or whatever it was, we played. Yeah, no, uh, I think more more along. So definitely looking at the league, but you throw the fact that you know our league performance before we went into the break, after we come back from the break, the game in between, and then today, and I just the the four games, regardless of the competition, whatever it is, the last right, four performances. Here's what I say. Here's what I say. Jack is a common denominator in our in league performances. I think that anybody that knows. Anything about football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, would agree that he he slows everything down. 
He is not dynamic. He can't defend. I mean, I don't really see what he brings to the team in any way. But, um, you know, you, so you're either going to say Jack is a common denominator, Jack needs to go, or you say, well, the manager's picking him, so the manager needs to go. And uh, <clears throat> I would like Emery to come out, I think, and make a comment about that. I know it's an internal thing, but I think it would be nice for us to know what he thinks about it. Uh, if Eli and Jack are up in the next game, I think he seriously needs to be looking at, you know, going. But um, I don't know. I can't, I can't I can't really say about Emery right now. I, I think well, Emery I, – I, like, some things I like that Emery did is I think he's stuck with Pepe, and I think that's been important. Um, obviously, he started Tierney, which I think is going to be important. Um, and I think he's given Ceballos some, some time, which is important, because Ceballos really hasn't showed that much. I think – I think actually, you don't think he could have played Tierney last week? Uh, well, his comment was Kalashinets didn't do anything to merit getting dropped. Yeah, so if um, anything, that's almost a negative. I mean, you can't say he's playing Tierney as if that's a positive. Well, so I don't know. Did Kalashinets play in the midweek? I didn't even look at the team sheet. I'm sure he did. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, he must have because he's... He's not going to play Tierney in two games successfully. Yeah, three days. So apart. yeah, I, I, you know what? Yeah, Liam. I, if they fired him tomorrow, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. If they don't, it wouldn't necessarily hurt my feelings because I think what we've got to start with is is eleven good players on the field. He did start, by the way. And uh, I'm, I've said this a million times. I've been really busy at work the last two or three weeks, so I haven't done much on AA and I haven't, you know, written much about anything. But I'm going to tell you, centre of the of a three man midfield. I know I said it last part. I'm going to say it again. Centre of a three man midfield is the single most important position in that team, and we've got a dud. And that's it. End of story. He's a dud. It's no good. I tried to be positive. I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't care that he didn't stop that cross. That is a that is a um, that is a what do they call this? Uh, an example of you know it's it's a, it's a it's an example of a symptom of Granite Xhaka: lack of speed, lack of effort, lack of commitment, lack of ability to hustle the ball and and challenge and put people under pressure. Lack of pressure. Period. End of story. That's who he is. That's who he's always going to be. He's had his chance, and he's blown it. And, uh, yeah, until we get him out of there, um, I just, no manager can play with that guy in the center of his midfield. Well, I, I think it is important to mention his second-half performance because people are saying, uh, you know, he doesn't deserve the, the, the booing, and he had a – it's crazy. So many people said he wasn't that bad. He was okay. Well, yeah, well you, you can be okay if you're a left winger like Pepe, but you can't be okay if you're a centre midfielder for Arsenal. You just can't be okay. You've got to be good. He also gave the ball away quite a bit. And you, you said you don't care. I mean, plenty of players may let a cross come in. I'm not saying he's the first person to ever do it, but it's against James McArthur. He wasn't against Wilfred Zaha. I mean, it's not, it's not good enough. And you factor that all in. People were saying we shouldn't, or we, the fans shouldn't have booed. You know, I don't even know if they started booing, but they could have been. Ha I think they're well within their rights to be happy to see him come off it for a winger to come on, given the performance he had given that, or given the performance he given, given how he had played to that point. I don't think that that's just ridiculous for a fan base to have. Well, yeah, and let's think of it from another perspective, right? What what you then know is that is that, and again, this is. Don't boo your own players. Don't dislike your own players. And you're trying to say, and I think quite rightly, that as fans, we're looking at, well, how can we improve? Like, we're 2-2 two -two here. We want to win the game. And I think everybody in the on the field who's watching knows that Ganduzi's going into the center of the midfield. That makes us better. So, yeah, I, I you know, it's, it's hard not to be excited about the fact that, that now our shape is going to put a player in a position that's going to make us a better team. And immediately we were better. Am I wrong? I agree. I mean, it, it was, I thought it was clearly different, a, a different attack on our look side. At, just look at Ganduzi, his mobility, his enthusiasm, his ability to tackle, his pressure on the ball. He's everything that Xhaka isn't and vice versa. 
So yeah, you put the two one in a position and you play him for 65 minutes and then you take him off and you put a better player who works harder, who's just better in there. We'll look better and we did look better. And I know they had a few breakaway chances to score on that, but I mean, basically we're playing four up front at that point. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you can't say, well, yeah, Ganduzi wasn't good defensively. God, he was, he's playing in the middle with Sabayas, who ain't even really very defensive. I mean, he didn't have Willock on the bench, which I don't know what that was about. But, I mean, you know, Willock would have been a nice one to bring in there as well. But, no, I, I don't know. I just I don't want to beat this to death, and we've already done that. But, look, Granite Xhaka is not good enough to play for Arsenal. He's not good enough to play in the Premier League, in my humble opinion. But anywhere on the field, stick him out wide, stick him up front, I could live with it. Because he he just, you know, maybe he's trying and maybe he's doing his best, which which I think is kind of sad. But don't put him in the centre of the midfield, in a three-man midfield. I just In a 4-4-2, you could almost get away with him, but not in a 4-4 or 4-3-3. You just can't do it. It's, it's in, unfeasible that a manager of that experience cannot see that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we've beaten that, I guess, to death at this point. It, it's just, you know... Well, one more can... quick question for you, because I, I honestly... Like, here's my take on the game, okay? We went 2-0 up early. I expected us to do something stupid. I think we did. I was wholly not surprised when it was a penalty, when we gave away a penalty. Um, I was wholly not surprised when they equalised. Um, my thing really is this. How did we play? Because, you know, I watched the entire game every minute and I can't tell you really... Uh, I don't think anyone played really well again, which is kind of a sad, but I don't. I wasn't focused on Jacker, so I honestly couldn't tell you how many times he gave the ball away. I know it was one time where I, I edge of our box and a guy was like just dropped into the hole between the midfield and the defence. And Jack is standing on the edge of the box. He's got to take five steps forward. And when the guy got the ball, which is inevitable he was going to get the ball, he's on his immediate pressure. And he just stood there. And then when the guy got the ball, he started advancing towards him. Well, the guys have got all kinds of time. And that was one just corner of my eye kind of thing I noticed about him. But, I mean, how did we play? I, I thought well, we were... I'm going to ask you a question in response. How have we played this year in the Premier League? I mean, remove the first two games... <laughs> Or we, we scraped by and, and beat not two not very good teams. Or Burnley have actually come on quite a bit. But, I mean, at home, second game of the season, remove those two games, we've really, really struggled in every game. You remove Liverpool as an outlier, just a really, really good team. It, it's, it's like we're watching the same thing over and over and over again. It's, you know, did we score on a break or did we – I mean, I can't ask how many times we've scored off a corner because that rarely ever happens, but today was the exception, I guess. How many, we, we've taken a, did we take an early lead? Yes or no? No. Okay, yes. so we're going to continue breaking it down. Yes. Okay, so we're going to continue breaking it down. But never is it incisive, never is it, you know, get the ball wide, swinging crosses. And that, I've said it a million times, people probably tire of me. I don't ever know what we're doing. As my problem, it's always been with Emery. I never know what our plan is. Um, right now, it just seems to do like a horseshoe effect. You know, get it wide, but don't actually make sure you get across it. And if there's nothing there, bring it back and swing it across. But don't don't apply any real injection into your game. Um, and that's well, what today was for me. So, so let me ask you a great question because I know what my take on this is. What do you, what have you thought of Callum Chambers this season so far? Uh, I mean, I thought he was actually pretty good at centre-back. Um, in his time at right-back, he's played good in games where he hasn't had to worry about someone running right at him. I mean, even in the United game, he did have to worry about Daniel James running and right at him. I'd say I'd give him a seven. I mean, he's been all right, but he's not good a right-back. Right. Okay, so, and then you you look at, I mean, I, honestly, I think he's, he's, he scored a great goal against Villa, to be fair with him, but he's... Crossing is mediocre at best. He's had a couple of games where he's crossed work, okay, but he's, his delivery is not particularly good, right? He's like you say, he's not a particularly good right back. Um, but yeah, I would play him in every game. I mean, I, I wish we didn't have to play him at right back. So you know, when Bellerin's fit, hopefully, but I'd still give the guy a game because. So anybody that thinks we're just picking on Jacker, because I don't know Granite Jack. I've never met the guy in my life. I got nothing personal against him. I got no axe to grind. 
We could take players that are not playing well and say, yeah, we want them to play for our team. Callum Chambers is, is the perfect, you know, his product, his end product has not been particularly great. Uh, he really hasn't played, you know, particularly well. Like, same as Maitland-Niles, you know, playing out of position. I, I just want to put that in there because I want people to understand. We're not haters of Granite Jacket. We're not somebody, that's a kind of guy that say, hey, this guy doesn't play real well, um, and, and so we hate him. Callum Chambers, I think, has got the potential to be a pretty good centre-back. I think he puts the effort in. I think he's focused on Arsenal. I think he's selfless. I think he's a team player. And I would have him in my team every single game, if I could, somewhere where he could play well. But I don't hate the guy. I don't want him out of the team. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's important, I think, to illustrate that, that. He's a great example of a player that's playing okay, played quite well sometimes, not at his, you know, been most consistent. But I want him to be part of the squad because... I like the guy, and I think he's he's got the right attitude. I get what you're saying. Um, as it relates to how we're playing this year, I, I, I'm not sure. Was there a different message you're going for there? Well, only in, in the fact that, you know, then you look at the, the fact that Jack is actually in the middle of the midfield, and then you see this. I guess I, I'm trying to power all their, their sort of contributions to the game, take away, take out their personalities and everything else, and just look at minute for minute, what have they done as players? And, you know, Zach has done some good things. He's made a couple of good passes and he's, you know, he's done a few good things here and there. He's given away a penalty, so has Chambers. So, you know, I'm just trying to parallel the two things and say that, that you you can almost get away with playing a right back that isn't really, you know, playing in position because he's doing a lot of other things, but his delivery today was pretty poor, I think, and that really hurt our team. And then, you know, but but you get a guy playing the centre of the midfield that's not playing well, that gives away a penalty that just doesn't doesn't do his job real well and, and you can't you can't overcome it. So I, I'm just telling you that, that I think, you know, for, for me, like to make Chambers captain would be ridiculous, right? Because he's just shouldn't be right now. I mean and so to make Jack a captain is equally ridiculous. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, you got you got I want people to understand we're picking on Jacker. We're just looking at what's going on on the field and saying, this guy does this, that guy does that, that guy does that. But most of all, these guys are putting in the effort, they're putting in a shift and they're doing the best they can with what they've got. Jacker may be doing that, but in the centre of midfield, for us, he shouldn't be playing. All right. So you, you kind of touched on it. Do you think Emery should go now or no? And if, uh, if not, why? Well, because I don't want anybody worse, and I'm not sure we can find anybody worse. I mean, but you know, we'd be looking at maybe an Arteta or a well, Lundberg. Well, if, yeah, well, if we went with Lundberg again, you know, I, you know, at this point, honestly, today with the way I felt about the game, oh, it wouldn't bother me if Lundberg come in. I'd, I'd actually be quite excited because today I wasn't mad. I wasn't. I wasn't really even upset. Why? Um, because I kind of fully expected that we would screw it up. And even if we'd beaten them 3-1. So that's almost two... my, my point in the question is because I feel the same way. I mean, like I said, I, I watched it. I watched us go 2-0 up. And then my immediate thoughts were, okay, what are we going to do for the next 15 minutes? Are we going to get a third or are we just going to lollygag and end up conceding? We did that. And I think we've seen it before. We've seen it plenty of times. And honestly, I've ripped Emery quite a bit. So I want to say that I think the the guy has his best intentions. I think he tries hard, but it's just not been good enough to this point. And I haven't seen anything to suggest that it's going to change. And at this point, I mean, where are we in the table? We're probably six or something, I think. United are above us, aren't they? Well, we're fifth behind Leicester and Chelsea now, but four points behind them. I mean... It's not like it's over, but we've got to sort of turn the ship around because it, it's, you know, the point is to win, to get into the Champions League again. And at this rate, I, it's not even that, you know, we could scrape by and get some wins. At this point, we're just playing some really, really bad ball. And it doesn't seem like it's, it's getting any better. And I guess my point is I, I do think it's probably time now. I mean, he's had, he's had a whole year and he had a full preseason you know, you got Pepe in kind of late or you got Louise in kind of late. But 
I think he may have gotten unlucky with some injuries. Uh, Tyranny came in injured, but it's been pitiful. I mean, oh, here's what, here's what I'll say. Uh, and again, I, I, I see the, the, the other thing because I've just thought about this. So, you, you, you know, you kind of, your question's given me a little bit of food for thought. And here's what I would say I think we got, uh, let's take Sabias out. I think we've still got eight really good quality players in our team, right? Uh, probably eight. And I'm going to include Rob Holden in that, by the way, because I think he should be playing. Um, so let's just say we got eight really good quality players. I guess what I want is for us to be able to retain most of those players. So if not getting in the Champions League this season means that, that that's in jeopardy, then I would get rid of him. I think that's that's probably the most positive comment I can make. If and again, yeah, I don't know if he's going to pick the players, but if we, you know, if we could have Bellerin, Holding, Tierney, uh, you know, get rid of Jacker, uh, Chambers, um, yeah, well, Chambers, yeah, because I think I, I think he's probably warranted a place too. But you know, I'm just saying, like, and, and get get players in there that that look good. Then you know, I'd like to see what we could do. But yeah, I mean, maybe the fact that Emery's not going to pick those guys, and I think you know we can say that that he's not. Is he? he he's not going to pick a good team, is he? And I don't know why, but well, he's going to persist with David Luiz, who won the second goal. By the way, it's pathetic, right? I mean, that is pathetic defending. It shows me every reason why Chelsea got rid of him. And I'm sorry about it, guys that think he can play a 50 yard ball out the back. That's not his job. His yeah. job, first and foremost, is to defend a guy who's four inches shorter than you at the back post. And that was just pathetic. I mean, you know, but the cross coming in the first place was bad enough. And then the, the, his attempt at heading it was pathetic. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know the answer, but maybe I'm answering my own question. Maybe he should go. We okay, so this is a bit of a silly question. And I don't entirely mean it, but to me, it raises the, the real concern here. If we didn't have a manager today, and we just had the players say, you know, pick your 11 um, and go out there. You think we could have had a better performance? Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't know because didn't they all vote Xhaka to be captain? So wouldn't they start him? Yeah, but that's the irony is be, they could just do the same thing. They could do exactly that. But that's them just coming together for one game. They're not the manager. And that's my point is it hasn't changed throughout this year. We're playing the same football. We're playing crap. We've got crap results. And if you just removed him, you think you could either get a better lineup or th- the same thing we've got. I mean, c- can it get worse? I mean, it's a weird question to ask, but I mean, yeah. they're playing with each other. They've got to know who's good and who's not. All right. So it comes down to can you hold the manager responsible? players' performances in each game. And the, and the answer to that is good managers motivate players by moving them in and out of the team and saying, yeah, you know, um, you're not playing well right now. We're going to put someone else in. And there was a really great example of that that I was trying to think of. Uh, somebody who got dropped and has come back with a vengeance. <clears throat> I'll think of it in a minute. But yeah, it's I mean... Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't even know if it's, a, if it's football. It might be a different yeah, okay. sport. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, I think if you're going to hold the manager responsible for the way to play the team plays, and, of course, most managers are, which is why a lot of them get fired, then, yeah, maybe it's time for him to go. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel that if you brought in Jumberg, you're not bringing in anyone on a big contract and panicking on a decision. But you're bringing in a guy that's been there, you know, six months now, and he knows the younger players, and he knows what the club wants. And I don't know, it could be a complete disaster, but I just think that we've got so much quality and we are just severely underachieving right now. Uh, you hate to ask the question, can it really get worse? But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've got to wonder because we've got great players, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's, yeah, that's, my, that's kind of my question to myself and, you know, and to you. And so again, I think we've been droning about this a bit now, but but the answer is yeah, maybe you know I I'll take it either way, and I and I I think somebody somewhere's got to make a decision. At what point are our are our fans and the, and the players that are playing that the good players not going to want to stick with it anymore? If 
he doesn't make any changes. So um, I think he could have a couple, three more games. Um, again, I'd like to see him do something positive and decisive with Xhaka. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if Xhaka just turned around and said, I want to leave because, yeah. you know, they, that you just can't walk down the tunnel with a shirt off because yeah. it just basically says F you to the fans and and that's, you know, you just it's hard to recover from that. And mm -hmm. like said, fans are not generally the most intelligent. I think you and I probably, you know, don't, uh, by the exceptions to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Always joking, by the way. But, <clears throat> but no, we are, you know, we are pretty fickle and, and we, you know, we like, players who are making a ton of money to, you know, empathise with us a little bit and say, hey, you know, it's important to us. This has ruined my weekend, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of say what I think I've said a couple of times about this season. I'll just go with the flow and see what happens because uh, I'm not advocating for him to be gone, but I'm doing what I've done since the beginning of the season, which is to say that on performance, Xhaka should not be playing. And uh, how he continues to play is just down to the manager. So if, if I was being honest, yeah, probably he should go. All right. Uh, I really want to move on from Xhaka and the manager, but I do have one thing to say because we touched on the Victoria game um, as far as the manager goes. You didn't see it, but anyone wants to comment to me, I, maybe I'm blind, but I'm pretty sure Torero is playing in the number 10 position this week against Victoria. Uh, some strange stuff. And Willick, you know, he's had a bit of a, a rough patch. And Ceballos, I mean, he's really looked poor. He, he brings energy. He honestly fills decent positions for me. And then you've got Ginduzi, who I think has been the better of the, the best of the four of them so far. But, you know, looking forward, um, Talk to me about them four because I feel like there's a lot of potential there. I know you love Willick, but I mean, especially Ceballos and Torreira. You didn't see this midweek game, but I, I, I definitely don't think he's a number ten. We've talked about box to box before, but do you think that you know Ceballos and Torreira can come good? Uh, I'm not sure about Torreira. I will say that uh, my actually because you know this is a, a US podcast, so. I remember the uh, the managerial uh, incident I was thinking about was catcher for for the Astros um, in the ALCS and the first two games of the World Series. Just couldn't hit. I mean, he couldn't hit anything. He couldn't hit a bait, a basketball that had been thrown at him. And uh, they sat him for one game, and and the other guy came in, played okay, and I don't get any consequences. But then this guy Ch uh, Chinero or something, something Chirinos, Chirinos, yeah. He's just knocking the hell out of the ball now. So some, sometimes what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be like you know, guy because you're just trying to belittle him. You just drop him to kind of maybe give him a little sense that, look, you know, you're not just going to be there every game. Uh, we've got options. And, and I think that in, that's one instance of something really working well. So that's just a, a side note. Um, the answer to your other question is that I think Willock has directly been affected by the fact that he's put in some really good performances and he's not getting picked. I think Ganduzi, and again, going back to this centre midfielder in a three-man midfield, Ganduzi just, I mean, I don't even remember what he did in the foot. I don't remember what he was doing, but you can't play off the side of, of a guy that's not playing well and look good. You're doing, you know, two guys are trying to do the work of three or two and a half because, you know, you, so I think it, as a fulcrum, Xhaka's performance has affected everybody else. So the answer is absolutely those players have the potential to play a lot better without him in the team. And uh, whether that's going to happen or not, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if Xhaka starts next week as our catching. But uh, I'm going to be very frustrated, and I think a lot of fans will too. Don't All know right. about Torreira, but I definitely Willock can be better. Definitely Sabias will play better. Um, yeah. So that's the middle four. You know, we've got Jack in there, but the front three, again, I know there wasn't a whole lot that you really brought from today, but what did you think of the front three? And, you know, moving forward, I think if we get a little new spark, and this is my point, is we've got some good players. Uh, Ceballos and Torreira are kind of questionable right now, but we've got some good stuff going going on, and it's a shame it's going 
south right now, but the front three. I mean, what do you think of them today? <clears throat> All right, well, let's, I'm just going to back up a little bit. So uh, our midfield, you know, isn't Liverpool, right? Any any three of those guys you play in the midfield. To me, uh, three out of the four that we're talking about uh, potentially could have that type of, you know, effect once they start playing together and they get a rhythm going and hopefully you could put three or four. So um, when you're talking about playing a front three, you know, to me, to be successful at the level we're trying to play at, you need three behind them that are going to play in the manner that Liverpool do or, you know, a couple of other teams um, that are good. They're, you know, they have a, they work hard, they're, they're shooting the ball, they, they can defend and so on. So directly from that, the front three, I think, are suffering from a lack of you know, supply, a lack of, um, you know, ability to be supported by those middle three. Uh, a lack of good crossing wingers to be able to get you know behind them, so to help them when they drift in mid inside. Um, and Pepe is a great example of that. You know, he just wants to go inside all the time. Uh, if he had a, a right back other than Chambers, i.e. Bellerin, uh, he might be more successful because it'd be a direct threat outside him. I don't think Palace were that worried today about Callum Chambers. So um, here's what I would do, and I know this is going to be universally popular, but this is what I do. For 10 games, I would play 4-4-2, and I would rotate Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe between them, and I just would play that, that sort of consolidate. We're conceding two goals a game, every game. You just can't continue to do that. So get some men behind the ball, maybe play a little bit on the counter. Uh, to me, that, Aubameyang, does he look tired? I mean, maybe he's a little tired. He's he looks lost, that's for sure. Yeah, he's had a couple of bad games. I mean, the guy's a stud, right? But it doesn't mean because you don't start him that you're that you you know you, you're taking away any particular threat. Lacazette can knock him in. And if you've got guys, four guys from midfield, uh, and a couple of them can help score goals. Um, so I'd like to see maybe a little bit of a change of, of, of tack in terms of, yeah, maybe we instead of saying, look, we're going to keep persisting with these three guys up front, when our midfield behind them just isn't giving them the support that they need, uh, maybe just play two out of three, rotate them in and out, and um, make sure we, that we only have to score one or two goals to win a game instead of four or five. I don't know. It's a different theory, I guess. But but the answer to the front three is I think they're all good showing, you know, bits and pieces of that. But because we're conceding two goals a game, it makes it really hard as a, as a striker. You, you must know that to, you know, I do for sure, to keep outscoring the opposition uh, when you think you've done enough to win the game and then, boom, you know, concede a couple of stupid goals and before you know it... Um, you're losing points, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I don't want to go on too much longer. I think we've we've made our points. We've got a midweek game against Liverpool in the League Cup. I don't know what kind of squad we're going to field, what kind of squad they're going to field, but um, you probably don't like that one. And then we've got Wolves and then Leicester. And yeah, I mean, potentially we could get a shellacking in both of those games. Yeah. Because if we don't show some commitment in midfield, we're just going to get run over by those two teams. Yeah, their two teams are in pretty good shape right now. Mm. So. All right. Well, there's not much else you, I can really see a standout player today. I thought Kanduzi was fairly good again. Great foul at the end. How he didn't get sent off is beyond me. But, um, you know, Zaha's uh, quick, so... I don't know that, that uh, Leno would have got to that ball first. Um, and then, I don't know, did, did you see anybody play well today? Um, I actually didn't like how I saw Lacazette against Sheffield. I mean, nobody put, I don't think anybody played well. And then he was a little bit confusing early on for me, Lacazette, but I thought he played pretty well at the end of the day. From tying it all together, <coughs> he had a Kind of flick on. He had a lot of flick on headers, but he had a flick on towards goal that was a pretty good effort. He had that one where he let it run and then he just shouldered through the guy and hit it real hard off the post. I mean, you've seen him score that goal a couple of times actually. And then probably our best chance of the second half, aside from the disallowed goal, he played that ball to Chambers in behind. That was pretty good. So that's something exciting to see. 
Uh, you, you do kind of wonder how that's going to affect the Bamiyang. Uh, it doesn't look like it's been great for the well, two games we've seen. But... Actually, now you mentioned something about how the, uh, Lacazette played and who played well. When Saka came on, did he not go to the middle again? Did you did you not think he was like actually playing centrally and Aubameyang still played wide? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I feel like we don't have a... You might be asking that, what was his the sense of what we were trying to do. I, I don't know. I mean, at that point, I'm just hoping we get a goal, so I can't tell you for sure. But it did seem like Aubameyang continued to stay wide. Yeah, and, and what, what I find frustrating about it is I think that takes away from Lacazette is kind of my point. Uh, you know, with, with, with Saka drifting in there in the middle... And he's not, to me, he's not a central striker. I mean, I just don't think he's a central striker. I think he, he's a wide play, takes people on. And, um, you know, and again, and Martinelli not a look in either was kind of strange because he's scoring goals. So, um, but yeah, I just I just kind of think Lacazette is suffering, I think, from the team not being able to put a decent performance together. Um, yeah. And I, I, I wholly agree with you. In fact, you know as well as I do, I told you, you know, First season I saw him, I didn't think he was that great. He's okay, but I really am starting to understand how good he is for our team. Um, I also think, uh, you know, Bamiyang obviously is too. And I, I really, like I said, you want to carry a player? You can't carry Jacker in centre midfield, but you can carry a wide man in Pepe. I think we've done a decent job doing that. And I do think this guy still shows enough little, little well, snippets for me to say that he is quality. Yeah, what did you think of him real quick? I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, but I thought he was all right. I mean, he continues to go cut. He was just very slow once he gets on his left foot trying to get it back. But I think maybe the two goals in midweek helped him. I thought he was a little better. Yeah, I'm not sure he was that much better, but I do think that, that he... Um, I think that he's going to gain in confidence. I really do. I think that overall, he is going to gain in confidence. I just, it's going to be take a little time. And again, you know, maybe I don't know about playing him, you know, as, as a striker in a two-man forward line, but maybe that will give him a little more space and you know, let him cut in. Uh, I didn't see that much of Lille, but from what I could see, they played the four-four-two. I don't know that they had two wide players. And if you give him a little more room. Um, you know, and and again, you got a midfield kind of behind him that can maybe run through and create some diversions while he's running with a ball. Um, you, you know, have some sort of runners going past him. I think he might flourish a little more. But it seems to be stuck out there on the right wing, cutting inside, and not really having too many other options. I think he's maybe someone you want to give a little more freedom, kind of more uh, latitude to just do some stuff. You know. Just, just do some crazy stuff. Take some people on. Well, you did score two pretty good free kicks. You happen to see them? I did not. I, I need to look at them. But yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. all right. we touched on the whole Jack incident. We touched on the VAR. You know, we touched on the result. Um, I guess my takeaways yeah. are that I hope I really mean this. Unless he comes out and apologizes, even then, he's really got it take his time to come back. I really hope we don't see Jack again. I'm thoroughly baffled by how you could ever do that as a club captain. Um, even if the crowd is doing that. I mean, we've seen, unfortunately, we've seen it before. With the Bue, he just carried on with his, his job. Uh, I think you, it's just pathetic. I hope we don't see him again. Definitely not in the next game. And Emery, my, my stance on that is I think it's time. Um, I think I've been trending that way for quite a while now. And, we just need some uh, to push the reset button, both on Emery and Jacker. All right, my last thing was why was the VAR goal disallowed? Did we discuss that earlier, or were we talking before the? Point? No, we we think we discussed that. I I think it was I think it was because Chambers fouled, and and you said he thought it was a a handball, but um, I think they can say that if he fouled him, then. I, I I haven't seen anything that, that talks about the handball. Honestly, I I didn't even see that. So, no, it was just an instinct when I first saw it. I, when they were anyway, but yeah. So I'd like to know what that was. Um, and you know, I think uh, I think somebody said this before, who's smarter than me, but that um, it's not necessarily. Uh, I think VAR's going to even the season, um, and so I think we've probably benefited from it once already this season, and I think we definitely. You know, got hurt there because I don't think it was. I thought it was a goal, but again, I'm not going to cry about that because what I am crying about is the fact that we 
we were even there in the first place. Um, that should yeah. have been done and dusted that game, and I think we both agree on that. So, uh, yeah, overall summary is uh, pretty disappointing, but not unexpected. And so, from that aspect, I could definitely take your um, your take on it, which is, yeah, uh, maybe it's time to hit the reset button, whatever that means. All right. Well, no. those are our final thoughts, I think. And uh, no. hopefully one of these days we can have an up. All right. A happy podcast. You think we can try that next time? Uh, it depends on the team, because honestly, uh, like I said, uh, I'm not really in the mood for up at the moment. Um, we'll bring a guest on maybe in the week and see uh, see if we can get a Liverpool fan on or something. Yeah, a Liverpool fan might be a little happy about their season. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. we'll do some try and do something for the midweek pod where we'll get somebody on. Uh, maybe the panda again or somebody else. But uh yeah, so move on. Uh, good luck to the Astros tonight. Yep. For, and for you Houston people. Yeah. For all the Houston people, go Strohs, go Texans as we're recording. It's currently going on. And yeah, uh, hopefully that game too. So yeah. Hopefully maybe. you guys didn't tune out of our drivel at this point but that's it thank you guys good night